0: Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free.
1: Listener supported
0: WNYC Studios.
2: From WNYC, I'm Manush Samarodi, and this is Note to Self.
0: I'm really good at stalking. I do have some qualms about it, but
1: ultimately think it's inevitable it takes us usually about 23 minutes to refocus
2: after the interruption the tech show about being human today a great question from a listener named anid chan in portland oregon it's about what steps we can take to really expose ourselves to different kinds of people and views online
0: I have a concern about a personalized feed. Do you think this is actually going to make us to be more judgmental about other person? Because our idea get emphasized by someone else that probably
2: think the same way and show up on our feed. Anid knows that most of what she sees are opinions and voices like her own. And she's worried that this makes her more judgmental about people. Because most of what we believe gets emphasized by people who think the very same way. And on it, I just really think that your question about how we break out of our online bubble is so spot on. Okay, so first, though, let's just talk about what this bubble actually is. I mean, the simplest way to put it is, you've heard the phrase, birds of a feather, they flock together, right? Right. It's called homophily. And the word means you're basically more likely to have friends that are similar to you in age, in education, occupation, location, all those things. Okay, now here's the second part. Also, according to studies, we are most likely to click on, like, or comment on things that we already agree with. You know, like if you love Hillary Clinton... Chances are you're probably not clicking on stuff that's hating on Hillary, right? Okay. And then, here's how it all comes full circle. Many of the social networks we use assume that we want to see more of the same stuff that we click on. So they end up serving us up opinions or people to follow that they think we'll like. Which brings us back to Onid's question. What does it take to put more diversity into your feed? Well, Anid, we've got two people who are working to do this every day for BuzzFeed. Yeah, the news website many of you might know for cat videos and listicles. But actually, the reason why you know about them is because BuzzFeed spends a lot of energy really figuring out what gets shared, why, and in which communities. So enjoy listening and learning from the tactics used by these two smart women. Tracy Clayton, co-host of the BuzzFeed podcast, Another Round, and Katie Notopoulos, co-host of BuzzFeed's podcast, Internet Explorer. It's their job to dig into the deepest corners of the internet and figure out what to elevate onto one of the biggest platforms out there. Oh my God, it's like podcast lady host powwow. (laughs) Super exciting, right? So psyched. Tracy, let's start with what you've been working on, which has a delicious sounding name called Cocoa Butter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Cocoa Butter, the account, the official account name is Cocoa Butter BF. And the BF, of course, stands for BuzzFeed. And Cocoa Butter started with like what the group of black people just call ourselves a BuzzFeed because like who doesn't like cocoa butter you know nobody likes to be ashy mm-hmm. nobody wants to be unmoisturized silky smooth yeah you mm-hmm. know everybody likes and can relate to cocoa butter was the thought so um, we got together internally to just like make more content for us and for people like us because I mean BuzzFeed as amazing as a website as it is and as diverse as the company is the website is pretty white you know as most big media conglomerates are so you're um, saying the readership is mostly yes. white Yes. Do you know that? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm well familiar with this fact, and also too. I mean, even if you if you scroll through like the most popular articles on Buzzfeed, you know, chances are that it's about a white person or whiteness. It's kind of like having to, like, dig through, like, a yard sale where there's, like, this really great stuff, but you have to, like, get through a bunch of other really great stuff to find, like, the particular thing that you're looking for. So what if we started, like, a social media account that would filter our content directly to, like, our audience? Which, I mean, the things that we write for everybody, it's not like, you know, if you're not black, you can't engage with the material. But we just wanted to make it easier for people who are into the things that we write about. I mean, I feel like
2: it takes a pretty self-aware person, like our listener with her question, Mm -hmm. um, you know, who's brought it to the attention of me to be like, I'm going to follow cocoa butter because I need some diversification in my feed. Like Uh not everybody's going to think like that. So how do you attract a sort of very varied audience for cocoa butter mm-hmm.
1: so we just really believe in like just making really really great funny informative content that covers things that other websites maybe aren't covering like once other people start following us for like funny gifs and pictures they get to also see like this really awesome like article about the whiz. it's like oh well, let me check out this thing from this writer that i didn't previously know about so
2: okay so katie you ran your own sort of initiative but i don't think this was under the buzzfeed banner was it Unfollow a man? No. (laughs) Not necessarily. Okay. So if you listeners aren't familiar with hashtag unfollow a man, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. But Katie, explain further and how this all came about. So I was sort of inspired by
0: another writer, Anil Dash, who had written this article about, like, surprise, guess the secret experiment that I've been doing for the last year, which is I've only been retweeting women. Which is crazy.
2: I mean, I have to say, I'm an Anil Dash fan. He's been on the show here before. Uh Super thoughtful. Anil is great.
0: It was a really
2: interesting thing
0: to be like, I'm going to do this for a year and see what happens. And he has like half a million followers. So he's like, what do I do with this giant audience? How do I direct them to something good as opposed to evil? And his idea was that I'll expose people to only amplify women's voices. And I was like, that's really interesting. But I was like, what would happen if I only listened to women's voices? So the way to do that would be literally just unfollow all the men from my Twitter feed. Did and you unfollow everyone? Every single one. Every single one. So I had certain rules. I was like corporate accounts I would keep, things where I like legitimately couldn't tell if it was a man or woman, like certain anonymous accounts.
2: Now, had you been following mostly men? Like your own? Yes. Looking at, really? So there are a
0: couple little tools and sites. and It's hard to tell how well they work, but they can sort of run a scan on your Twitter and tell you the like breakdown. And I started out with 700 people and now I'm down to, you know, 300. (laughs) So I know that I had a majority of men. So I immediately was like, oh, the thing that stinks is there's no tweets in my feed. So I have to start following new people. So I followed a lot of new women. And it was just really interesting seeing coworkers of mine would be talking about, oh, like, there's this news that everyone's talking about and I'd be like, "No. <laughs> not everyone. Not everyone is because, talking about it." Yeah, over here on man-free Twitter, no one's talking about, ah. you know, the latest tech news thing that happened or certain topic. And that's not because women aren't interested in certain topics. I think it's just that there are certain voices on Twitter who like are like, "I have to weigh in on everything. Twitter needs to know my opinion yes. about this." And
2: those tend to be male. Okay, so you guys, we've gotten a couple um, questions from some Note to Self listeners. I want to read you one in particular. She says, I have a concern about personalized feed. There's so much information out there, but I know that most of what I see are opinions and voices like my own. I worry this makes me, us, more judgmental about other people because most of what we believe gets emphasized by people who think the same way. How do we break out of the bubble? I just thought this was such a good question because it's something that we do. And we're not being malicious by following people that we know or that we like reading their stuff. Mm -hmm. It just happens, right, in a way. I mean, Tracy, why is that important? Like if people are like, you know what? I don't know. I'm living my life. It's all good. I see these people. These are the issues that affect me. Like what's the point?
1: Well, I think if you're okay with living in a constant state of – just stasis then you know that's fine but I mean the way that we grow and change and the way that our thoughts advance you know they have to be challenged by something else they have to see I always love the question about like how can I like diversify like my my life my point of view and our basic instruction was try Like, just try. Like, there is Mm -hmm. such a wealth of information out there. There's so many different types of people. And with the Internet and social media, you know, you have direct access to, like, those voices, like, straight from the horse's mouth.
2: Okay. So, Katie, do you find, because, of course, the Twitter algorithm and all these social media algorithms, like, once you choose someone, they're like, oh, you followed that person. That means you might want to follow these people. And, like, it's always people in the same sort of wheelhouse? Well, I think it I would say it's not so much the built-in Twitter
0: recommendation, but if you follow someone who has diverse interests, they're going to be retweeting and mentioning other people. And so a lot of the people that I followed I found because somebody I knew retweeted this person and I liked what they had to say. And by following new and weird people, you end up finding all the new and weird people they know. What about Facebook? I mean, the problem with Facebook is that it's your friends, right? Mm-hmm. And you're stuck with them. <laughs> so it does – I mean, it becomes this – by default, if it's the people that – There's you know, the bubble right there. Yeah, the people that you knew growing up, the people that you work with, people, you know, friends from college or something, that's that's very much a bubble. I found that joining a lot of groups mm-hmm. um, really is helpful. I – I'm very liberal with how many groups I will join. I will sign up for any group,
2: and there's a lot of actually Send like your invitations to Kanan and Topless. Right there's now. a lot
0: of really fun, new, weird groups that people are doing on Facebook. Tell that us kind about of, some of
2: your groups. I
0: think the best one that I recommend everyone in the world join is called Dog Spotting. Okay, And it's really popular and it's probably got like 50,000 people playing. And it's just people post pictures of dogs that they spotted on the street. And there's this whole built-in like it's a game. So there's rules like if you spot it and it's a particularly big dog, you get two points. Or, you know, if the dog is wearing a bandana, it gets like an extra point or there's certain flare points. So the idea that you're gamifying taking pictures of dogs you see on the street is really funny and it's – What's great about that is that all of a sudden your Facebook feed becomes, instead of a bunch of things from the people you know, it's, A, a bunch of cool pictures of dogs. And then also, you know, you start seeing these names of other people that you've never met before. And, like, just having that little bit of a window out into the public version of Facebook in a way is, yeah. I think, really fun. Because if, if you just keep it just reading what your friends are saying, just looking at the news articles that your friends are sharing – it is going to be like a bubble, and I think groups are really uh, a great a great way to do that.
2: And to the point of like the diverse sort of viewpoint of it, I think Twitter is a good one for people to actually be on because it doesn't require you to contribute. You can mm-hmm. just be and enjoy what other people are talking about or yeah. past, past judgment. Too, I know
0: a <laughs> lot of people who use it. They never tweet. They just use it to see what's the like – up-to-the-minute news thing.
1: It really gives you a good chance to be just like a fly on the wall, you know, because I feel like people on Twitter are more likely to talk more candidly about things that, like, concern them in their lives and their own personal experiences with people who have a shared reality. And so, you know, me and, like, one of my girlfriends from back home, you know, be having a conversation about, like, this microaggressions or like really racist things like we have like endured and i know that from the show like i mean this is what we do on another round too like having yeah. these discussions and we get a lot of emails from white listeners that say you know what i'm just so glad to be able to sit in on these conversations you know like i've never had access to them before and i think that twitter allows you the same sort of distance from really intimate conversations so it's just like priceless
2: i mean that is such a I'm, count me as one of those people. <laughs> I feel awkward like looking at you and like I listen to you all the time <laughs> and I feel kind of weird being like, by the way, I've been listening in on your discussions right. with your friend, Haben, and like <laughs> I know what you girls talk about. But I do think like there's some basic knowledge gaps mm-hmm. in certain groups of people and like –
1: Thank you for letting me listen is what it sort of feels like in a weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that this is one of the really great ways that change happens, especially when it comes to like a marginalized group and like a privileged group, because – When there are, like, discussions on race, everybody clams up, especially the people who are members of the privileged group because, you know, they don't want to speak out of turn and be seen as racist or, you know, they may get defensive for perfectly logical reasons. But what should happen on the part of the people in the privileged group is a lot more listening than speaking. So, you know, when the marginalized folks are talking, you know, this gives you a great opportunity to just sit and listen and get a glimpse into this reality that you don't know because you don't live it because of, like— normal biological geographical reasons and so i think that's the power of podcasting and it's the power of twitter you know you you just get to sit back and listen and take notes
2: okay so let's go back to our listener question which is like how do i do this what is one thing a listener can do they can they stop listening to this podcast and they're like you know what I'm going to diversify my life. I'm going to diversify my feed. What should they do?
1: I think there are a lot of really good websites and some journalistic companies, too, that make occasionally good lists of like the top whoever on Twitter like the top women to follow the top um, trans advocates to follow sometimes they really suck because they can be very um, Mm homogenous but sometimes they do a pretty good job and I think that's a good place to start if you find that you maybe want some more voices speaking on feminism for one you know just type in like feminists to follow. On the Googles, you can do your Googles and find yeah. a good list yeah. of just different people and different voices to follow. But I mean, they're definitely out there. And I think that I and other writers of color often come across the person who was like, hey, you know, can you help me find a black writer to write about this or an Asian writer to write about this? Like, I just don't know where to start. Yeah. And that to me suggests in addition to just general cluelessness, just like laziness, you know, like, I mean, this is something that you have to try to do. You don't necessarily have to try really hard, but you do have to try. So start with trying and then graduate to Google and then see where you end up. (laughs) But those are two great ways to start.
2: And like, feel good about yourself for trying. Yeah, definitely. It takes an effort to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it does take an effort. All right, Katie, do you got one tip?
0: So Apple just launched its new news app. Yes.
2: Um, and I just started I, using it. How, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> I think it's beautiful.
0: Okay. Well, what I notice is when you first sign up, it asks you to follow, like, it's like, what categories of news do you want? Yeah. And that's like a really daunting question. Yeah. But it's funny because I follow these outlets already and these people and so this was okay here's a totally new app that's going to give me a totally different experience you know i sort of picked a couple categories that i liked and immediately i was seeing articles by outlets that i don't normally read yeah that happened to
2: me too it was kind of a cool feeling i was like oh
1: yeah
0: yeah so it's sort of like Sometimes mixing things up can be as simple as trying a new app that's going to serve you articles from a magazine or a website that you don't normally already read, that already isn't part of your daily reading diet, trying something new, for better or for worse. I'm curious to see how people will react to that. Okay, so
2: let's try it. Throw me some really crazy links, like things I need to know just to be a better, more aware person. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what a lot of the curation newsletters are trying to do, too, which is why I subscribe to a lot of them, like people whose opinion I trust. But again, am I subscribing to just the same people again? All right. So what we're saying is it takes effort. It's worth it to be connected to your fellow human beings to potentially maybe solve cultural and societal issues that require deeper understanding
1: of how, you know, other people live. Right. It's important. It's Is it important? It's definitely important. And just to reiterate, it's definitely worth it. Like whatever discomfort you may come across as you're being challenged with these new thoughts and ideas, you know, just keep in mind that it is expanding your own personal horizons and there's no bad that can come from that.
0: And I also think a good feed should always be 10% infuriating is the way I think of it. So it's like, it shouldn't always be things you like. And I think that's where it's sort of fun to have that little wild element, always making sure that maybe some article is going to come up that really just drives you nuts. Yeah. Um, but that's important, I think. It's important to know what makes you angry just as much as it is to know what makes you nod in agreement. Embrace the
2: discomfort. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was Tracy Clayton, co-host of the BuzzFeed podcast, Another Round, and Katie Notopoulos, co-host of BuzzFeed's podcast, Internet Explorer. They are both great. So we know you, Note to Self listeners, you like to take action. And so we want to help you get started. Tracy and Katie have helped us create a list of some specific people who you might want to follow. And we've also compiled some really doable strategies for getting more diversity into your online life. I mean, you know, whether you're doing the hiring at your company or you just want to do it because, yeah, you are a citizen of the world, not of your echo chamber. Go online. Do it. Notetoselfradio.org. A big thank you to the BuzzFeed podcasting teams this week, especially Julia Furlan and Eleanor Kagan for helping make this episode happen. The Note to Self team is Joe Plourd, Ariana Tobin. Jen Poyant. special thank you to Christali Zappa Monteroso and Miranda Katz, our interns this week. I'm Manoush Samarodi. So much more fun next week. We'll talk to you then. It's called homophily. It's called homophily. It's called... Hom- <laughs> it's called something that you think means something else, but it doesn't, actually. Homophily. Homophily. Homophily.